Good evening, everyone. Well, actually, it's more of a, it's uh, technically morning since uh, it's it's already past midnight uh, as of this moment. But whatever, it's dark enough. Okay, it's you know it's evening enough for me. So I still greet you a good evening, all you to all uh, to all you uh, listeners. Welcome to another episode. <clears throat> Sorry. Welcome to another episode of Pinoy Chaos. And this is your host, Licorello. Uh, the uh, this uh, this episode is kind of a big deal for me because it uh, uh, as as you know, I'm a practicing chaos magician, and uh, my biggest uh, my biggest Forte in this uh, in this tradition with quotation marks is servitor magic. But before we uh, we delve into you know the the whys and the know-hows of uh, of uh, servitor magic, I would like to talk. Uh, I would like to talk. I would like to discuss about thought forms. What are thought forms? Exactly in the word. Thought forms. These are entities uh, created by uh, by thoughts. Sometimes it's just Sometimes just a, It's just a collective of thoughts of uh, of an ind individual. Sometimes it's a. No, it's a the collective thoughts. Of a no, of a group of people. <clears throat> now, uh, thought forms. Well, you could think of them as artificial spirits. I have here a book entitled Almanac of the Uncanny. It's a huge book. It's from. Uh, it's a hardback. A hardbound book from Reader's Digest. I don't know if they, you know, if they still print these though. Heck, I'm don't. I don't know if I know if Reader's Digest still print uh, hard their hard their popular hardbound books. So anyway, Almanac of the Uncanny, according to the cover, is a collection of stories of the supernatural through the centuries. 
if uh, if you are familiar with Ghostbusters, okay, uh, do you remember that uh, no that supernatural guy, the uh, Egon often uh, often reads? Uh, was that Toby's Toby's uh, book of spirits? I, I can't remember. Toby's spirit guide, I think. Um, well, think of this. Think of Almanac uh, Madankani, my own version of uh, of Toby's uh, spirit guide. I hope I got the name wrong. I hope I got the name right. Uh, it'll be very embarrassing if I got the if I got the title wrong. I mean, the title of you know of the fictitious book in in Ghostbusters. So anyway. Here we go. Uh, here's an interesting anecdote regarding thought forms. Uh, there's this, okay, there's this European woman uh, named uh, Madame Alexandra David Neal. She was born in France in 1860, 1868 and edu educated at the Sorbonne. She spent Years uh, exploring remote regions of Tibet, going to places no white traveler had penetrated. She was awarded a gold medal by the Geographical Society of Paris and was also made a knight of the, of the Legion of Honor. Wow! Such, uh, no, such accomplishments. And then... When, so what do what do uh, thought forms have to do with you know with uh, with Alexandra David Neal? Well, <clears throat> well, uh, like uh, like the book said, uh, she she spent years in Tibet, and we we do know Tibet. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like uh, it's known for you know for its brand of Buddhism. Uh, you know, Vajrayana, Vajrayana uh, Buddhism, yeah. It's done up. Vajrayana Buddhism is one of the most magical uh, religious traditions in in Tibet. They're known for their elaborate uh, rituals and their oh, and they. This is what I love about uh, Vajrayana. This is what about. But this is what I love about Tibetan Buddhism. Uh, it involves a lot of visualizations, and we do know that visualization is is a key is a key component in successful magic. So here we go. Uh -huh. David Neal had one of her many unusual experiences in the 1920s, while she was living with Tibetan yogis. You know, uh, practitioners of yoga. If uh, if you're not uh, that would uh, well versed in uh, in Eastern uh, mysticism. Okay, back to the book. As she had seen tulpas come into being, she decided to generate one herself. Now, a tulpa is a thought form that is intentionally created. This is uh, within the context of uh, Tibetan mysticism. <clears throat> After several months of deep meditation. A short, fat, good-natured monk or lama appeared. He came and went intermittently during David Neal's travels. Now, uh, he, 
Now, now, this, things, now things get really interesting here. Now and then, she wrote in her book, Magic and Mystery in Tibet, it was not necessary for me to think of him to make him appear. The illusion was mostly visual, but sometimes I felt as if a robe was lightly uh, rubbing against me, and once a hand seemed to touch my shoulder. Look, this, uh, this uh, monk Tupa uh, doesn't know the concept of uh, social, dinst- uh, social distancing. This <laughs> uh, is 21st century humor, whatever. Anyway, here we go. Uh, but suddenly, things began to change. The fat chub. This is this, this is uh, Alexandra David Neal's own own words. Uh, the fat, chubby, cheeked fellow grew leaner. His face assumed a vaguely mocking, sly, malignant look. He became more troublesome and bald. In brief, he escaped my control. Uh, alarmed. Okay, and this is uh, the, this is the uh, book. Uh, this is the book talking. Yeah, alarmed. <clears throat> alarmed, David Neal decided to dissolve her creation, but it proved strangely durable. It took six months to drive the entity back into the imaginary realm from which she had invited it. She commented. There is nothing strange in the fact that I may have created my own hallucination. The interesting point is that in these cases of materialization, others see the thought forms that have been created. Wow. I I don't know what kind of juju uh, uh, Alexandra David Neal went through, but I would like to have some of that. I mean, I create... Um, it create uh, entities similar to to tulpas uh, in chaos magic. We call them servitors. Why servitors? Because they meant to serve the magicians. Uh, think of them. They think of them as uh, as uh, ethereal versions of golems. Yeah, that's another question. What is a golem? A golem. If you're not uh, if you're familiar with uh, Jewish mysticism, is an artificial being created uh, with clay and uh, and Jewish incantations. <clears throat> now, a servitor uh, compared to the golem and to the and to the tulpa is a lot uh, easier to uh, to create since uh, chaos magic has been free form. Yeah. So, so I'm sure you want to know uh, how to create a, a servitor. Well, a servitor. Think of the servitor as as a practical uh, as a practical imaginary friend, right? Okay, let's use a use a hypothetical. It's uh, hypothetical. I don't know if that's the right word. Let's use an example. Uh, an example on how I would uh, create a, a servitor using using the imaginary friend approach. 
Okay, first things first, I have to know what I truly want. All right, let's say, okay, uh, I would like to have a servitor that uh, that uh, helps me uh, helps me get free stuff within the week. Uh, you know, more uh, more like short term stuff. Nothing about uh, nothing about uh, no, oh, get me rich. Get uh, make me rich or something like that or you know bring me a Lamborghini. No, it has to be uh, quick minor wishes, something very short term like uh, uh, I would like to have a sandwich or I would like to uh, no or I would like to get a good parking spot at the mall later. Yeah, those kind of wishes. Remember, keyword is short term. Okay, so I'm going. I'm gonna make a wish grant. <clears throat> sorry, a wish granting servitor for short-term goals. Okay, think of it as a as a very very weak genie. I guess. Oh, that's another. That, that is just wrong. That's that sounds mean. And I haven't even created the servitor. Okay, so. Uh, so I've decided what and what I want my servitor, my future servitor, to do, to grant, uh, to grant short-term wishes, uh, wishes that another you can, you can, uh, um, well, you know, short-term goals that uh, that can be accomplished right away, right. So since we're talking about a wish-granting uh, servitor, why not uh, give it another? Think of a. a I know uh, a form for it. Uh, you know uh, what did what will the what will the uh, servitor look like? Now, for this example, uh, I would suggest maybe a butler or maybe a genie, or if you want to go crazy, a genie butler. Yeah, oh, yeah, let's go with that. A genie butler. Okay, I'm thinking of a blue-skinned genie. You know, like uh, from Alad from Disney's Aladdin. Prince Ali, fabulously Alibaba. You never have a friend like me. Hey, I'm Robin Williams. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, God bless Robin Williams. I miss him. Anyway, so we decided on the servitor's uh, servit on the servitor's appearance as a genie butler, a blue-skinned genie wearing, you know, a tuxedo, a, but a butler's tuxedo. Looking so dignified, despite uh, his, you know, his uh, uh, his unusual appearance with the blue skin and the pointy ears and the, and the, you know, the one thousand nights Arabian style top knot. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking of a serious Robin Williams genie. Yes, and. Uh, I would even uh, no go as far to to uh, give him a voice. Uh, what he, what he would sound like if uh, if he were talking to you uh, as a butler, of course. The it would uh, have the stereotypical British accent. Sir, what can I do for you, sir? Tay, sir, would you like some tay? You know, uh, think uh, Michael Caine. Yeah, Michael Caine. Michael Caine's Alfred in Batman in the Christopher Nolan Batman Batman movies. 
Okay, so we we now have a genie butler with blue skin and top knot who sounds a lot like Michael Caine. Michael Caine. <clears throat> All right, and then and then there we have without we have our we have our servitor, but this is a not this uh, this servitor is merely is uh, made through this the simplest method which is the which is the imaginary imaginary friend method now uh now ap after creating your servitor you have to treat it like it's a no it's there you have to treat it like it's real you interacted with it and you uh you uh, give it a no you give it tasks right away and when it does fail in fulfilling its tasks don't um uh, don't uh, let that discourage you. Newly made servitors, uh, you know, uh, tend to uh, tend to know, uh, tend to fail. Of course, um, they need to know. They need practice. It's like it's like Pokemon. All right, it's like Pokemon. <clears throat> so the more the more you use your uh, servitors, uh, the more I don't know, the higher. Uh, it's uh, success rate. Uh, no, gets it. Um, it gets. Oh God! <laughs> uh, I hope my English is fine. Uh, but you get, you know, you get the point. So every time you use it, you level it up. Yeah, uh, you level it up with every success it makes. And oh, and uh, when does when it does make uh, when it does uh, when success does happen, thanks to your servitor. Uh, you know, uh, you uh, it is it is uh, important that you reward it. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's think of uh, a good uh, reward for uh, um, our butler, uh, our genie butler would uh, would like. Uh, let's say. Oh, oh shit! Um, I am so sorry. I forgot one very important thing. You have to name your servitor now for our genie butler. Uh, let's see. Uh, one way to do this, uh, we can. You know, we can uh, remember. Remember the time we. You know, we. Uh, we remember the 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 you know the uh, uh, word. Uh, sorry, letter elimination method in in sigil crafting. Uh, yeah, the 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 thing uh, we you know we just discussed in you know in previous episodes. Well, for well, you could uh, make a servit make a name for the servitor by uh, eliminate in this in this case by eliminating the the let the repeating letters and then using the remaining letters to make up uh, to make up a, uh, a name. Okay, so Genie Butler. Okay, let's see. That's uh, okay. I'm, I'm gonna do this right now. It's a G E N I E and then B U T L E R. All right. Okay. Uh, important side note: after creating your after I know you have to think of the name for your servitor. Before 
doing, I know, doing the, the, uh, before conceptualizing the servitor's uh, appearance. Okay, now, <clears throat> now for our Jeannie Butler's name, we take away, let's see, uh, we take away an E. Uh, no, there are three E's, we just need one, uh, one E. Here we go. And then G A N I B U T L R. Huh. Okay. That's uh, quicker than I thought. Okay. So what we have uh, right now is Jenny Butler. All right. So let's scramble those. Let's scramble those. I know those uh, letters. Uh, rearrange them. I mean, sorry. Um, I, oh, I just I got the name Nigel. Okay, what? Uh, there's uh, there's more though. Okay. Hmm. Ah. Nigel Burt. Okay, that's the name of our wish-granting servitor. Nigel Burt. Uh, it's N-I-G-E-L-B-U-R-T. That's what a nice name. It's a perfect name for our wish-granting servitor. So, uh, after deciding on the per deciding on the primary primary function of our servitor, which is uh, granting short-term wishes, we, uh, no, we think of the name, okay, based on, uh, on whatever is connected to the servitor. In, the, in our case, in our case, our servitor is meant to look, uh, meant to be like some kind of genie butler. So, yeah, uh, Using the uh, letter elimination method, we got Jenny Butler, uh, which is rearranged to uh, no, to to become Nigel Burt. <clears throat> and then uh, you and then we uh, we decide on the appearance. Okay, if you're an artist, this is uh, this is. Uh, this is a big advantage for you. So, uh, so you know, you can draw your your servitor, right? Uh, you can even use the drawing as you know, some kind of talisman. Your, you know, your link to that servitor. Okay, so we already, you know, we already established that uh, Nigel Burt is a blue-skinned genie. Wearing a butler's tuxedo suit, he has uh, he has pointy ears and a top knot, and uh, oh, he wears a uh, no uh, gold uh, gold earrings. He has a he also has a goatee. Uh, he looks almost he, he looks almost like the uh, the genie from from 
Disney's Aladdin, except uh, he's he's serious. You know, like the demeanor. You know, like the stereotypical demeanor of a butler you you see in movies. Okay, so we're we're thinking of an <laughs> a cross between uh, Robin Williams, Genie, and Michael Caine's uh, Alfred Pennyworth. Okay, so we okay, so we now have our our Genie Butler, and then at this point uh, we you know we decide on its we you know we. Always keep it in our mind, you know, uh, its primary function. So when you give it, when you, you know, when you give it commands, always, you know, always make sure they're they're related to their uh, to their uh, primary functions. In our in this case, short term short term wishes, uh, and uh, so you know, just just like I you know, just like Pokemon, uh, you use. You use your servitor. You use your servitor as much as possible. You uh, uh, and every time, you know, every time it makes success, you reward it. For Jeannie Butler, I'm sorry. For Nigel Burke, uh, our uh, our we'll you know, let's make you know, um, what. What's a good you know, What's a good offering? Uh, what's a good reward for you know, for Nigel Butler? Maybe biscuits, yeah. Cookies, biscuits. Mm-hmm. You can start with that. But of course, that's not going to be restricted to one particular uh, reward. Uh, it can be anything. But uh, but uh, in Nigel Burt's uh, case, his favorite are cookies and tea. Whoops. Notification. I'm sorry about that. Cookies and tea, and anything. Yeah, feed it anything. But its favorite is cookies, and its favorites are cookies and teas. Uh, cookies and tea, hot tea. <clears throat> right. So uh, every time uh, Nigel Burt succeeds in uh, making a short-term wish come true, it uh, no, it it gets uh, no, uh, maybe a cookie or two. And uh, perhaps uh, a cup of hot tea. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure, iced tea will then will do, but hot tea is is for gentlemen. <laughs> so there you have it. That's uh, one. That's one way to create a servitor. But just like in no no in sigil magic, experiment what uh, with what uh, experiment with uh, various things. Uh, See what else. See what works for you. Another method of creating a servitor will be the uh, will be the hermet hermetic style uh, hermetic method from uh, from from hermetics, where uh, to be precise, uh, Franz Bardon's initiation into hermetics. You know, uh, here uh, we do the Im- we do the uh, imaginary friend uh, method. Okay, but uh, with a plus, it involves a lot of uh, 
visualization and energy work. So you see the so in uh, no, in meditation uh, in in meditation with your eyes closed, okay? You see your you see your servitor, right? And then you you have to you have to imagine or visualize uh, yourself sending energy to uh, no, to that servitor's form to give it more life. And then, and as you send that energy, you have, you focus on its primary function and uh, what it's, you know, uh, and uh, other tidbits like uh, what would it be, what would be its favorite uh, offerings or rewards. Yeah. And then there you have it. Servitor, hermetic magic style. So once again, I encourage everyone, uh, if you want to try Servitor Magic, experiment, experiment, experiment. Uh, try and uh, try working with uh, uh, with different methods, different techniques. No matter how ridiculous, as long as it as long as, as long as it works for you. Yeah, that's the thing. Chaos magic. Anything goes. Anything goes magic. Now uh, we're gonna take a short break. Okay, uh, I know I'll be back in a bit.
Welcome back, everyone, to Pinoy Chaos. Uh, we have we have here uh, a true paranormal story from one of our listeners, and I will read it out to you. This one is from this one is from a woman named uh, Janelle, and here it goes. Hi, Vico. Here's my paranormal... <clears throat> Sorry, let me repeat that. Let me do a redo. Hi, Aliko. Here's my paranormal story. When I was younger, maybe still in, high, in grade school, <clears throat> we stayed at a cabin in teacher's, uh, teacher's camp in Baguio. I vividly remember that while I was sleeping, I woke up suddenly because... It felt like someone sat at the edge of my bed. Then slowly, it felt like someone was pulling my blanket away. I thought it was just my brother playing a prank on me. But when I opened my eyes, it was sound asleep. Oh, wow. It, uh, the story is short, but oh, wow. That sense, I know, it sends chills down my spine it's a, this is a no wow this is a, this is creepy this is this is a no, classic uh, textbook ghost story right there yeah i mean can you imagine this happening to you when you were a kid when you were a kid especially when you were a kid that's a no, that's that's pretty creepy creep that's creepy pretty creepy shit there right man yeah This is no. This is a. This is a common common thing that happens in in uh, in haunted houses. Yeah. Which is why it's always important to do some kind of uh, ward, especially before going to sleep. Especially before going to sleep. Especially when you're uh, residing at the time in a in a play in a venue known to be haunted. Let's see you. Ah, teacher's camp in Baguio. Yeah, I I heard a lot of strange uh, paranormal going-ons in Baguio, especially in, in Camp John Hay. I, I don't know if teacher's camp is in Camp John Hay. I, I, I don't know. No, maybe it's a different place. I say it's a, it's a camp there. So maybe it's a separate camp. It's a camp and us, uh, separate from Camp John Hay. But regardless, Baguio is known for no, known for strange things there. Strange things, paranormal things. I can't seem to remember. Oh yeah, Diplomat Hotel. I th I think that's in Baguio. Yeah, one of the most haunted uh, places there is. Hmm. Now, if I were Janelle, I would uh, probably start doing you know wards right away. And I'm I'm sure you, know, you guys would like to know uh, how you uh, how you can uh, you know uh, protect yourself from uh, from from things that go bump in the night. Let's see. Uh, one classical thing is uh, prayers. Yeah, you can't go wrong with prayers. But you have to be uh, no, you have to use a prayer connected to a belief system that you truly you know. That you truly subscribe to. Um, let's say if you're a if you're a devout Catholic, yeah, 
go for prayers. Uh, the uh, no, the Lord's the uh, the Lord's prayer is good enough. You know, our Father, the Wart in heaven. It has a no, uh, according to Christian folk magic uh, lore, the Lord's prayer has a no, has uh, has uh, many benefits. Hmm. Let's see what else. Um, you could also uh, try smudging. You know, uh, getting a sage, uh, a stick of sage. But uh, good luck in finding that here in the Philippines, though. <laughs> and even you do find the you know, smudge sticks. Uh, they're often ex they're often pricey. Yeah. However, I could name one substitute that could work, which is bay leaves. You know, bay leaves. Uh, Belief. Uh, if you're Filipino, this uh, no, this spice is familiar to you. It's you can you often you would often find leaves in you know, in adobo. Those leaves are bay leaf, uh, bay leaves. Uh, you could you know you could take some take some bay leaves and then you you burn them and then you burn them in a bowl and then you scatter the smoke everywhere in your place. Yeah, let's see what else uh, you could do. Uh, you could go with uh, with talismans or religious uh, religious uh, items, especially if they're blessed. Hmm, a Benedict uh, Saint Benedict's medallion is, I uh, know, is said to be very potent against uh, supernatural evil. Let's see what else. Uh, there are no, there are different ways, and I would like to delve more into you know into protect uh, protection uh, protection magic or ward magic, but uh, but uh, that's an that's a no that's a uh, really big topic, and I prefer and I prefer to discuss such things with you know, with a guest. All right, so. Uh, <clears throat> So yeah, that's uh, Janelle's story. Thank you, Janelle, for sharing that uh, sh sharing that uh, story of yours. It's uh, I find it I find it chilling. Yet I am I, know, I am educated. Educated? Why? Because uh, you know it's you not know, okay. Maybe educated is not the right word, but it you know it just feels nice every time I you know I. Uh, I read stories from uh, from other people. Gives me an it gives me an insight, you know, uh, a bit of insight of what they're kind of like. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is a this is a good story. <laughs> Sorry for rambling, everyone. So, um, if you guys want me to read out your true your own true paranormal stories. Don't forget to subscribe to uh, to the Podbean uh, page for for uh, Pinoy Chaos. It's easy to find on and on Podbean. Pinoy Chaos. You can't go wrong with you know, with using the search engine. You can also start liking or following uh, our Facebook page. 
which is you know, uh, which is of course uh, Pinoy Chaos on Facebook, right there on Facebook. Again, just you know, use the search engine in Facebook. There you can get the you know, notifications, and over there you can also uh, also DM your true paranormal stories. You could you could also email to golico at gmail.com golico as in g-o-h-l-i-c-o at gmail.com and uh, we still have lots of time so i'm going to do uh, random paranormal commentaries here let's see i'm gonna i'm just gonna riffle through the pages of almanac of the uncanny by reader's digest Ah, the center of the world. So uh, it is said that uh, the, the, there is a high dome of stone in the museum at Delphi. It's the site of the famous ancient Greek oracle. Legend has it that, legend, uh, legend says that the god Zeus sent out two eagles of equal speed from the opposite ends of the earth to locate the center of the world, the sacred place from which order was born out of chaos. Their flights crossed at Delphi, so Zeus marked the spot with an omphalos, which is Greek for navel. Uh, omphalos stone, yeah. Delphi was generally recognized by Greeks as the world center, you know, the, the very middle of the world. But any region could have its own omphalos. Several other Greek temples had similar stones, forerunners perhaps of the Western building tradition of the foundation stone. An omphalos is taught to, uh, to represent the point from which the four directions or compass points are marked, quartering the, hori the horizon, the stone order, space, and time. Yeah, and yada, 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 yada. Uh, can we do, use this in magic? I really can't say. I mean, this is the. This is no. I hardly know anything about uh, about Omphalos. Okay, let's. Uh, Let's switch to another topic. Yeah, riffling through the pages. Oh, fairies. Now, fairies, okay. When I'm talking about fairies, I'm talking about the, you know, the terrifying beings that could uh, do more than making you, than curdling your mate. Uh, then uh, we're talking about beings that, that can do more than just uh, making your milk spoil or getting lost in the woods, getting you lost in the woods. Fairies are, you know, are very different from, you know, from what fairy tales depict them as. We're, talking, uh, we're not talking about sugar plum fairies here. We're talking about, uh, we're talking about uh, catonic beings with menacing, <laughs> with menacing uh, auras. 
if you're if you're for, if you're familiar with you know, with the uh, with the actual legends of fairies they're kind of similar to elves you know uh tall pale skin very slender they they also possess a, a super supernatural kind of beauty kind of like gods but not gods they can still die they can get killed they can still get killed but I, but despite their mortality they're still powerful and very live long and i wouldn't mess with one of them uh, i mean when the news when the recent news came out about uh regarding tiktok witches you know uh genera- generation z witches hexing the moon the sun and even the fae okay the moon and the sun i'm pretty sure they don't give a shit about the, about a bunch of snot nosed uh, witches uh, hexing them but the fae oh yeah yeah gg everyone <laughs> you can't deny you just don't mess with the fae especially if you are uh, not if you reside in a in a forest area yeah fairies can can be very terrifying don't mess with the fairies like i said i'm going to read out uh, an anecdote an anecdote here ah Yes, the meet, the story of Edric the Wild, Edric Wild. All right. Okay, sorry, uh, give me time. Give me time. Okay, so Edric Wild is a uh, is a uh, is a rich it was a rich England uh, I was a rich Englishman uh, back in 1180. Oh, sorry. Edric is mentioned in 1067. Uh, that's no, that's a very long time ago. Uh, he was a resistance leader of English and Welsh against their Norman masters. Uh, at, during that time, England was you know, was uh, ruled by you know by the Normans. There. There are uh, they were a group uh, related to uh, no, to to the Vikings or the Norsemen. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. So this you know, this Eric, this Edric Wilde he made peace with William the Conqueror in 1070, but by 1087, all his manors were owned by Normans. Uh, nobody really, nobody really knows what happened to Edric Wilde, but uh, but there's one one particular one uh, popular theory has something to do with fairies. Okay, so here's another here's a, here's a, here's the tale. Uh, we are told that returning from the hunt one day. Edric came upon a large building at the edge of the forest. Inside, he saw some elegant ladies dancing, taller and more beautiful than mortal women. They circled gracefully round, softly singing. But he could not make out the words. Wow, that is so Lord of the Rings right there. Welcome to Rivendell, Edric. Edric. 
rushed into the house and carried off one who was more beautiful than the rest. For three days and three nights, she said nothing, but on the fourth day, she agreed to marry Edric. She said that he would prosper until the day he reproached her for her sisters. Then he would leave him, and so would his luck. Edric swore never to reproach her, and they were married. When news of Edric's fairy wife reached King William, he sent for them to see if it were true. Everyone agreed that Edric's wife, who is never given a name, must be a fairy because of her incomparable beauty. Years passed until one day Edric came home late and his wife was not there. When she came in, she asked angrily, Was it your sisters who kept you so long? Instantly, the fairy vanished. And although Eldrick called her day and night, she never returned. He died of grief not long afterwards. Now, this kind of story is involving the marriage of the marriage between mortals and fairies. Often they don't end well at all. They don't end well at all. And this is one of them. But of course, this is legend. But hey, who knows? There's always a bit of truth in, in legends. Let's see. Oh, and here's here's another example of uh, of a uh, fa fairy marriage you know, gone bad, gone wrong. Edric's Edric's heir Alnod was not the only mortal son. Oh, sorry, uh, let's skip ahead. Uh huh. During the Middle Ages, a number of noble families traced their descent from fairies, especially from the fairy Melusine. Ancestress of the Counts of Poitou. I, um, I, I don't know if I pronounced that right. The royal dynasty of Luxembourg and Henry II of England. Melusine agreed to marry a mortal on the condition that her husband should not see her naked. But he spied on her in her bath. When he discovered she had a serpent's tail, he knew he, she was a water spirit. One day, in a temper, he betrayed his knowledge by calling her pernicious snake. At this, the fairy disappeared, but she continued to hunt the ramparts of the castle of Lusignan. 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 Ah, man, okay, uh... Maybe I should uh, take up a bit of French one day <laughs> just to pronounce this and these names right. But anyway, that's another that's one example of a uh, of a fair marriage that ends uh, that ends badly. But uh, regarding the prosperity of of uh, oh the 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 husband of Ano. The, the name of the husband of Melusine is not mentioned here. Whatever. Um, I'm not sure what happened. I'm not sure if I know if uh, his prosperity was take was uh, was taken away too. But uh, I don't know. But I don't know. 
Maybe it did, maybe not. Or maybe it's just one of those exceptions. Either way, it kind of sucks when, you know, you, you have this total hottie who may not even be human. And then, um, and because you did that, you did a bad thing. I know, she leaves you. Holy shit. Yeah, that, that, that would really suck. Uh, now, I don't know if there are any stories about mortal women marrying male fairies. I'm sure there are. I would like to research more on, more on fairies. It's a no, it's too deep of a topic, you know, to end it right there. Uh, maybe next time. All right. Okay, so one last topic. Here we go. Oh. Ah, yes. The hysteria at the Cambrai convent in northern France in 1491. Okay, I'm going to read it out to you guys. During an outbreak of hysteria at the Cambrai convent in northern France in 1491, nuns raced across the fields like dogs, launched themselves into the air like birds, climbed trees like cats, and made sounds like other animals. Jean, Jean Potier, the first afflicted. Jean Potier, sorry. Uh, I hope I pronounced that right. The first afflicted passed it on to her companions. For more than four years, the young women resisted all attempts to heal them through medicine, prayer, or exorcism. Finally, the devil spoke through one of the possessed. He said that he had been introduced into the convent by Jean herself, having cohabited with her since she was nine years old and indulged in unnatural acts with her since she had taken her vows. Okay, I am now I am skeptical here. So prayers, uh, prayers, medicine, exorcism didn't work. Okay, I would I know I would say so. I know. Uh, what if no? I what if no? What if there's a what if there's a possibility that uh, that the nuns were no were. It's all a hoax. What if it was all a hoax? I mean, it did say here medicine, prayers, or exorcisms didn't work. On the other hand, uh, this is another. This happened back in 1491. Medicines, medicines, I know, weren't exactly as effective as uh, right now. And uh, for and for prayers or exorcisms to work, you have to have, I know, you have to have faith in them. Or at least, you know, at least uh, have a group, uh, have a group uh, perform the prayers or exorcisms. Hoax. I smell hoax here, but whatever. It's an interesting story anyway. Let's see. Uh, maybe um, there are more details here that, uh, that could uh, give me some kind of insight. Uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. Oh, yes, the levitations, right. Okay, now that's super, that's supernatural right there. Okay, maybe there is some, there is some, uh, maybe there is some truth to the, you know, to the supernatural aspect of this, uh, of this case. 
Okay. That this kind of thing, I know. Uh, it's not, I know. It's it doesn't just happen in, I know, in one coven. It has happened in, I know, in different covens. Uh, so I heard. I mean, you got to remember, covens are full of, I know, of young, female, uh, young virgins. Uh, and uh, it's, it's a place of, I know, of uh, sexual repression. And according to, I know, to Filipino paranormal researcher Adam. Reyes, uh, poltergeist, uh, poltergeist activities happen when, I know, when, when, uh, when a young virgin with repressed, uh, sexuality is now is involved, uh, due to the, to the, due to the repressed, uh, due to the repression, uh, the, you know, that's a, that's a lot of juju right there. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, maybe there, there is some supernatural truth to the, no, to the uh, mass hysteria in the, no, in Cambrai convent. And this has, this is, no, this is, no, this has happened in, no, in other convents as well. Not just the one in, no, in Cambrai. Not, not just the one in, no, in, uh, in the, in Cambrai convent. Ah, here we go. Like just like this, and uh, no, this correlates to what I just said. Although Wire eventually concluded the that the devil was responsible for the outbreaks at Cambrai and Overtet, the nuns made easy victims. It was a legend that Jean Potier's worldly passion for her spiritual director had triggered her behavior. Indeed. Every observer remarked on the sexual element in the nuns' behavior. In their defense, it must be said that nunneries were the perfect breeding, ga- breeding grounds for hysteria. Yes, yes. Yes, totally. That is true. Any places where, I know, where repression is huge, I know, something, something supernatural is bound to happen. And thus, I conclude uh, this uh, episode. This episode of Pinoy Chaos. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Ep- I hope you enjoyed the this podcast, everyone. Uh, for all you budding magicians out there, keep throwing metaphorical dynamites. At the suppressive reality. Repressive, sorry, suppressive. Oh, you get what I'm saying? Power to the people. Row, row, row. Fight the power. And don't forget to subscribe to Pinoy Chaos on Facebook and Twitter. Yes, we have a Twitter account. Follow Pinoy Chaos on Twitter. Watch out for enough. Uh, watch out for enough for more updates and stay tuned for next episode.